Welcome, movie fans. Thanks for joining us for episode 84 of Reading Between the Reels, the premier podcast of three middle-aged men rambling about their favorite movies. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. And if you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us. Post on X or Facebook, write a review in your favorite podcast catcher. I just recommend the show to a friend. I'm Craig Dickinson, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Corey Heitschmidt and Justin Eldon. We're back together. How's it going, guys? Reunited, and it feels so good. It feels all right. That's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I decided I need to be more positive this podcast after Aquaman, so here we uh, go. Well, that's that's what this one's all about, though, Justin. This is what we're yep. talking about today. Uh, we're talking about our top five favorite movies, so oh, you get to be positive. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. This list changes hourly. I'm yeah. just telling you right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, at any given moment, this is like the stock market. Okay. Yep. The bell closed a minute before you started this podcast. Yep. And that's where my prices are at. But you ask me tomorrow, you ring the bell, bing, and I'm going to all of a sudden shuffle them and they made different ones. And I know yep. anybody listening, it's the exact same thing. You cannot just pick, and that's a solid list and it stays that way. It is not mm-hmm. a laminated list ever. Yeah, I think I made this top five like last week, and then I've slowly added to it, and I think it's now like twenty five. <laughs> so I don't even know which five I'm going to choose, but we're yeah. gonna we're gonna figure it out here. This this is the hardest one I've done in a long time. Just this... trying to to whittle it down, and I wanted well, it to be hard. And you know why? You know why, Craig? This is so difficult for me is because this time I said there's a few obvious ones, you know, that just everybody loves. I'm not. I'm gonna avoid them. I'm staying away from them. Oh, look at you, spite. a hipster. It's so like cool. when someone asks you about the most important things in your life and you just say, okay, I got to throw out my wife and my kids. I'm going to throw that aside, put that aside, and then you get to something really good, right? right. That's what I'm doing. I'm throwing some aside. These are my top five. Corey, you did you throw out your wife and kids? Just for this list, I did. Yes. Oh, dear. You, you, should, <laughs> you, should go get, you should not do that. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. It's not cold outside yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we we thought this uh, this is our first show of 2024. We thought this would be a great time for kind of a good reset. It's also the one year anniversary of the three of us doing a podcast together. Yes, so that's pretty exciting. Is it? Wow, I know. Wow. Um, wow. So, top five favorite movies. Mine. I don't know if how you guys have yours in order. I decided to put mine in chronological order because I couldn't oh. decide which one was best. So it's like newest to oldest. That's just what I went with. Just. I but think mine n- is not... just gonna be a vibe. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gotta go. Except for my number one, I know my number yes. one, but the rest are just, you know, how cool. I'm feeling. It's like jazz. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even know how I'm doing it, but okay, I'll go with the flow. Okay. So, uh, Justin, I'm gonna start with you. All right. Again, in no particular order, and I'm sure you could ask me this tomorrow, and I would change my answer. But let's get the ball rolling. Um, one of my favorite movies. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Wow. I love that movie okay. so much. It has so many. I probably like it for the same guy, for the same reason you guys like big trouble in little China. It's endlessly quotable. It's nostalgic. It's got a little bit of everything. It's hilarious. It's kind of off the cuff and random. Um, they do things in that movie that I don't think I've ever seen done in any, any other movie. Like, the style of animation and like the dialogue is so quick and and whippy, whippy, quippy. That's the word, quippy. Yeah, whippy. What is that? Anyway, um. So yeah, have have either of you seen that movie? No, but I will add it on the list. Yeah, um, in the words of Captain America. <laughs> I mean, it has uh, 
Michael Sarah in it, who's awesome. Mm. And mm-hmm. he just, it, I mean, it's 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 full of like actors that you're like, oh, I've seen that person before, mm-hmm. but th- they all do a great job. Aubrey Plaza has a very small role in it as well. Um, yeah, it is it is just good. Great yeah. uh, Finally, does I've, this. Does he fight Captain America in this movie? I feel like does. I've seen a clip yes. of this last yeah. year yep. on on Sling. I was watching, flipping through. This came on. It's a movie I've never seen. I saw a clip with him and Captain America, and I thought, I honestly thought, wow, this seems like a kind of show I need to watch. Yeah. Because there were a couple of parts in there that I thought were pretty funny and kind of good action take. And It's okay. a movie that like the first, the first part of it, it's like a very normal movie, and then it slowly eases you into like – some really weird stuff and it eases you so slowly that you don't even know what's happening. And by the end of it and the, and like the credits roll, you're like, what did I just watch? What was that? But it's a good, <laughs> yeah. it's a good ride. Yeah. I finally saw it this summer. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, mainly because of all of the extra people, the, the, the co-stars in it. Yeah. Chris Evans is in it. Um, Brandon Routh's in it too. So he fed Superman at one point as well. Oh, that's right. Oh, also, yeah. um, Captain Marvel, what's her name? You know names. Yeah, Brie Larson. Brie Larson's really right. good in it, I thought. That yeah, was Brie Larson is really good. Pleasantly surprised to see how good she is. Anna Kendrick's in there. Karen Culkin. Uh, that's right, yeah. All those people. Tons of people. So what did you pick. think of it, Craig? Uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, it, uh, my, my question for you is, did, like, did you see it when it first came out? And if so, like, how, about how old were you when it came out? Uh, I would have been, well, I'm going to guess 22, but now I have to see when this was released. It was released in 2010. So yeah, 22. Wow, yeah. good so job. Right, right in your wheelhouse. So I'm like, I can see, like, had I watched it when I was in my early 20s, I probably would have been like, yeah, this is I, amazing. I think if I picked it I up it was for okay. the first time now, it'd be rough. Yeah, and it was, it was fine. It was quirky. I, I did enjoy the, the quirkiness, like the video game aspect of it. It was definitely a, just a kind of bizarre, but knew what it was. And I get what you're saying, like the Big Trouble in Little China thing, where it's... It's very unique, and if you buy in, like you're gonna just have a good time. Yep, it's a good pick, Corey. All right, I'm going back to a simpler time in life. 1987. Oh dear, Richard Donner, Lethal Weapon One. Nice. I am putting this in my top five. I, I, by the way, my top five is just top five. I, I can't shuffle to one. I absolutely love. Now, here's the thing. I love the entire series. I think Lethal Weapon 1 through 4 is a magic uh, quadrilogy. Quad, quadrilogy. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a series of four movies. Now, here's why. Richard Donner is a pure genius. The man yep. has directed legendary movies. Craig, you could back me up on that. Superman. Oh, yeah, I love Richard Donner. Yeah. I mean, everything he does. And he, he has extended cuts on things that just makes him brilliant, too. But you cannot... Just take an 80s action movie and make it into a cult classic or a classic or even something that's going to move beyond some. I mean, you know, you look at all the rise and falls of all the 80s stars, two of them stand out, the Lethal Weapon series and the Die Hard series. But I absolutely love Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon brings in more of the camaraderie between uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. You cannot fake that chemistry that those two have. Those two are so brilliant together in their chemistry and how they they talk and play the jokes off. And Mel Gibson delivers his little comedy lines, but then flips right around, goes crazy. Uh, Danny Glover is always exasperated, but then jumps in and has to save him. And he, you know, they they have a love and a cherished 
friendship in there that I think extends beyond the real screen. Uh, and they even brought it back in in Maverick, uh, Maverick where yep. Danny Glover makes that cameo for him. <laughs> you don't just do that for someone that you don't care. I mean, there's and there's rumor of a Lethal Weapon five, and I think it would be brilliant. I would love it. I think it needs to happen in honor of uh, Richard Donner. But but I think it is <laughs> it's such a great series. If this show's on, I'm stopping the show. I'm I'm stopping the channel surfing, and I'm going to watch this. I think uh, the other thing I was going to say, they tried to make it a series and it had uh, Damon Williams and uh, Sean William Scott. I liked that series. I actually thought that series was pretty good, but that chemistry was not there. It was not the same. It had a similar feel. They tried to make it a similar vibe, but you can't do what you did with Lethal Weapon, the movie. It's a standalone top tier movie of the 80s, and I'm going to throw that out there as one of my tops. Good pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with all that except for one thing that you said. You said that uh, this stands out in the in the '80s films, action films, and I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out Ooh. Predator and like Mad Max, like oh those those are in there too. But but uh, nothing not to take away from Lethal Weapon. The story of Lethal Weapon's good too. All the oh, stories, no, each one yeah. had a different one and the way they kept the character arcs going. And then as the series progressed to still bring in new characters into a yeah. a series that you'll still love those characters. You can't just bring in a new character and it's going to work. You, as an actor or director, you can't just pull that chemistry in. Yeah, there, there's something truly magical about a series that does this over four movies with Joe Pesci and then with uh, – Oh my gosh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, Renee Russo. Renee Russo. Bring yeah. her in and still make you just love this show. You can't you can't just fake that. Especially for Joe Pesci. That's a very different role for him. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Fantastic. Okay. Uh yeah, Corey, just to kind of build off of that. My my first one, uh, I'm gonna chronologically go in newest to oldest, 1988's Die Hard. Oh yes. Christmas my, movie. Yeah, absolutely, Christmas movie, and in my opinion, the greatest action movie of all time. Oh, uh, just, Bruce Willis it. has definitively said it is not a Christmas movie. I don't care what Bruce Willis says; it's, it's out Bruce in the Willis world is. now. I the agree. I just Christmas wanted movie, to throw die that out there. <laughs> they both are Christmas movies. Craig There's and I like, are picking our Christmas favorites. No, I, yeah, that's I, true. I, I agree, but you know, a lot of the same DNA in those movies. I mean, they get the same. Uh, the music is very similar. Um, yeah, Corey, you look up who did the score for that one. Michael, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton did the score for both of those films. Uh, yeah, just amazing. Bruce Willis is great. I remember when that movie came out that I was like, that's the guy from Moonlighting. This is going to be stupid. And then it just wasn't. And then it gave us, it gave us Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. He's in his forties in his first film role as Hans Gruber. Just an amazing Completely unconventional '80s villain too, like not not a physical match. Uh, we talked about this uh, when Jeff McGee was on the show when we did Die Hard. Not a physical match, but just a genius and conniving and just clever. And you root for him, even though he's the bad yeah. guy. Yeah. So, yeah, what a great I, film. I think, I think every that time is- Alan Rickman is a bad guy, you root for him. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> it is. He's so I, I good. Think, I think I would agree with you, Craig. I think Die Hard is one of the perfect movies of all time. Because yeah, just so watchable, and, rewatchable. And at that time, I I think Bruce Willis was not. He was moonlighting. He was not the massive talent that he that he is. And 
you you know, he carried through several sequels, like Lethal Weapons did, where you can't just pull that off unless you have something magical in that first one. I I don't think like I I love the first one and most of the sequels are great. Yeah. I I don't I don't think it it lives up to the first one though. No. No, no, no nothing. Does. Oh, that's okay. Okay. I, the third one's close in my opinion, but uh Yeah. The premise for the third one was great because Hans Gruber's brother comes back. Yeah. That was good. And another amazing thing about the Die Hard movies too is that like none of them started out as Die Hard movies. They were all converted from other things, <laughs> yeah. which is a fantastic thing. And technically, Die Hard's a sequel uh, to an old Frank Sinatra movie. Yeah, it's based on a based on a novel. Oh, yeah. This came out in 1988. Yeah, that's the year I was born. <laughs> and it holds that up. So it holds old. up today. Yeah, it does. It absolutely holds up today. Absolutely. All right, Justin, we're back to you. What's your next one? All right, so, um, oh, see, this is this is hard. All right, I think the next one I'm going to go with. Has anyone seen the Rocketeer? Yes, I love the Rocketeer. Oh, I'm reaching yeah. deep here. Yeah, that's that's deep into childhood. I'm going to be honest; I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years. But as a kid, I freaking loved that movie, and I've seen clips here and there, and I haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing. But I feel like a lot of it holds up. It does. Um, it's just like, I don't know, as, as a kid, I feel like kids are just like very interested in that in that time period, like the 1940s time period. Yeah. Or maybe I just was, I don't know. Um, and it was, it had just enough like of like a historical feel to it, but also like a real world feel. Kind of like what Christopher Nolan does with a lot of his movies. Like he makes it feel like, oh, this could actually happen. This feels real and the rocketeer very much felt like that to me almost to the point where i had to separate a lot of fact from fiction when i got older because i watched <laughs> it so much as yeah. a kid uh but you got like so many so many great people in there like timothy dalton who was a, who was a bond as uh neville sinclair who's like the uh double agent not oh, i guess he was not a double agent but he's like a he's like a nazi spy in that movie and he is he is so great. Like to me, that was the quintessential villain for so long. Uh, and I saw this movie and then years later I saw the bond that he was in. And I'm just like, what? What? no, <laughs> no, he's a bad guy. Um, I, so this is almost an unfair pick cause I haven't seen it in so long, but, Oh, I just, I absolutely love it from, from the costume design, uh, to some of the special effects, which don't super hold up. Like you could pretty much tell he's on a wire most of the time. Um. Yeah, fantastic. You know, film. I think that movie was good. I remember that movie, and it was on here a few years ago. I watched that, and I liked it. You know, I think that movie just was kind of in the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I think if they made that movie now, or if they redid it and rewrote that story slightly, I think it would have more success. It was a good movie. I liked it. I remember watching that as a kid. I just think it would have been a as bigger success. Oh, yeah. Thanks for yeah, that, wait. Justin. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Yeah. 91, Justin. I was in eighth grade. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I'm like, I also watched this kid, but different, yeah. different kids. Yeah. But I, I think it, I, I don't think it did as well. I think it was kind of a low budget. Yeah. It didn't make, it didn't make, but, uh, yeah, you bring it out into a different time period. I think that movie does a lot better. I think, okay. I'm, I'm kind of like speaking without facts here. I, I feel like I remember seeing, there was a push to get that rebooted a couple of yeah, years ago. I remember seeing it too. I wonder what happened to that. 
because it's a fun concept. It is a fun concept. Jennifer Connelly's in it. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yes. She Great. doesn't have that much of a role. She's, she's uh, as far as I remember, as a it's kid. memorable, though. Memorable. Yeah. Billy Campbell's in it. He's great too, as as the as rocketeer. And in which is it? Uh, is it Adam Arkin? It's the father. Which I Alan. Guess. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. He's hilarious. Just super dry. He's great. I love Sorry. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Ariel Quinn's in that. Classic. Yeah, I mean, how? Yeah, but there's historical figures in there, right? Like Howard yep. Hughes is in that movie. It, looking at the IMDb page right now, I didn't realize that would how that was Howard Hughes. Like I didn't know who that was as a kid, but I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I mean, Terry O'Quinn's been in a ton of stuff, but he that's the I think the first thing I ever saw him in, and so I always identify him as that guy. Yeah. I see him without the mustache, like even, even on Lost. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Oh man, I just remember as a kid wanting that that red like button up leather jacket thing. That was so cool. Good stuff. Mm. Corey, your next one. All right, I am going to a different genre here, and I'm going to take this. And this this was hard for me to whittle this down because in this type of movie, I feel like there's four or five solid picks I could have gone with that are very similar in this like uh, genre. And I think, I think uh, you know what? It was kind of one of those where it's like Craig. I don't know when you guys were picking this. Did you start picking based on like an actor, a series? you pick a genre? Like, I, I mean, how do you just start picking? This is a tough choice yeah. to pick I, these my favorites. Gut. I went with like, what movies, if I'm bored, I'm like, I'm going to go watch that movie again. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, except for The Rocketeer. But All right, here we go. So then I agree with that. And that's why I picked this one. Spaceballs. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant movie. Mel Brooks. But like you put this in the genre of the airplane, Naked Gun, spoof movies. Yep. Right? And and there was something about the airplane movies, the Naked Gun movies, and Spaceballs that were incredible. I know they've tried to redo this type of series with later, and Leslie Nielsen was classic for it, you know, with Wrongfully Accused and Scary Movie, but none of them hit like this. Spaceballs was the perfect Star Wars spinoff. And, and I would love Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. I don't know how we haven't gotten that movie. <laughs> You know, before Mel Seriously, Brooks passes, I, I need that to happen. I feel like uh, they could make that and it would make it, even if it was crap, it would make it, a ton of money. Cash cow. I mean, Rise of Skywalker made a ton of money and it was crap. So Absolutely. Uh, Spaceballs, <laughs> I think it's Great. one of those movies where it brings in so many incredible uh, little spoofs and takes on things, but then is quotable even today. Yes. You know, like found anything? I mean, all of the lines that you <laughs> know, yes. you know, when I said that, you knew exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. And yeah. I don't even know how many times I've said to people, I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. <laughs> I have said that to people. <laughs> and uh, they oh, all man, look at me like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. Makes us nothing. Right. So. I mean, it is a great movie. It's brilliant. I tell you what, if it's on, I'll watch it. It's one of those movies I can pop in, especially like being teachers. You know, if you're ever in your classroom before school getting stuff done in the summer and you're like, I got to watch something, you know, and have it on in the background while I'm, you know, putting up flyer or bulletin boards or something. Spaceballs is a movie you could do that with. And you know, you're going to take minutes here and there and watch it again because you're just going to love it so much. So but you can also visualize the whole thing if it's just going in the background. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Here's the other part about that movie. Uh, I got asked on one of these other sites that I'm on these, you know, the, 
the movie sites. It said, what is a movie? I think it was a Twitter feed. What was the movie that had the one perfect F-bomb drop? <laughs> and space balls. Because you get one in a PG-13 movie. Right. And it said, what's the one movie that was able to use the F-word effectively to the best of all movies? And I put space balls because the way they use it, even in the future, nothing works. Right? I mean, that's not the best thing ever to drop that. And so oh, I'm going to tell you uh, that's my favorite. That may be the number one pick of all time for me. I, I, oh, wow. I honestly, that is a hard competitor for anything to top. Based on what I know of you, Corey, that makes a lot of sense. It it does. I feel like that perfectly combines See? all of your like interests and personality. Like I have it memorized. I have the entire movie memorized. And it's been memorized for 30 years. I don't know. It's just, it's incredible. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I'm looking at my list and realized that we've actually done an episode on the show of each one of these movies. I did not plan that, but it oh, just yeah, goes to show. It's almost like, like uh, somebody chooses the movies for these, these episodes. <laughs> it's <okay>. almost <laughs> like. Mm. Mm. Uh, so my next one, um, 1985, Back to the Future. Yes. That is a classic. It's a yeah. perfect movie, in my opinion. It's so good. The score, Alan Silvestri, mm. and Huey Lewis, and Michael J. Fox is just pitch perfect in that. Christopher Lloyd, their chemistry, speaking of chemistry like you mentioned earlier, Corey, it's just, it's amazing. It's yes. so good in both timeline, both part of the timeline. Uh, Leah Thompson's great. Uh, Crispin Glover is amazing. It's, yeah, just, it's such a good movie. It's a perfect movie. It's, it is. It's got a lot of heart. It's, it's, it's got, I mean, it's a, it's a time travel movie. And so, it, you know, the science is going to be a little wonky, but like, I think it's internally consistent. Yep. And uh, I just love all the in jokes and it rewards you for paying attention, which is also also fantastic. Thomas Wilson is Biff, of course. I didn't mention him. Oh, gosh. I I think that movie, you take a top five movie of the 1980s, a top trilogies of all time, top movies of all time, top comedy of all time, top, you know, it's got to be on on every single list, every single list. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's exciting. It's 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 got a little bit of everything in it. Yeah. Have you noticed that all of our quote unquote perfect movies have been eighties movies? Well, life just worked then. Yeah, it's it's not a coincidence. No phones. One of mine good. is not. One of mine is not an eighties movie. You you know uh, you know who like is just nightmare fuel is Crispin Glover. That dude is creepy looking. He's a he's a strange <laughs> individual apparently. Do you think the movie made him that way? I don't know. No, I think he was always that way. Oh, it's well, kind of it's kind of a weirdo in that movie too. But I mean, he plays a weirdo, but yeah. scares me a little bit. Yeah. Oh. Justin, what's your next one? Okay, my next one. Um, I think this is to no one's surprise if you've listened to our episodes for a while. But Into the Spider Verse. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, that movie from just <sighs> I I feel like that is such a good representation of Spider Man in general. I know it has very little of like Spider-Man, the actual Spider-Man, but just the the different aspects of Spider-Man. Um it's also super quippy and it's it's so like colorful and the soundtrack is good and so much of it is like that is a great action scene. Oh, that's so funny. And then like, oh, I'm about to cry. Like that movie <laughs> just has everything. Like everything. I'm getting like chills just talking about it. I think when we did the episode on Into the Spider-Verse, I also got the chills over and over and over again because 
oh man, I feel like are we overusing this term? I think it might be a perfect movie. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's I think what we were aiming for, though, Justin. Like that's movies what we're that you would for. say it, in a certain conversation, say, yeah, that's a perfect movie. Yeah, it's yeah. It just it has everything. It is no notes. in my opinion, by far the best Spider-Man movie, possibly the best superhero movie, in my opinion. Um, I love the animation style. Like they finally broke free of. I feel like I feel like Pixar had been making animated movies for so long, and Pixar had like a very definitive style, and everyone just kind of started copying Pixar's style of, of filmmaking or of of animation, which is fine. And then um, Into the Spider Verse kind of broke. Excuse me, broke free of that, and they just they point. hit it out of the park. Yeah, that's Love a that really film. good point. At first, and, I did not like it with that animation style, but within ten minutes into the movie, I was like, "Oh man, I'm liking this." Mm-hmm. I honestly thought so. The first time I went to go see it, um, I stepped out of the theater about ten minutes in, and I checked to see if I accidentally like got the 3D version or something, because in theater. I feel like the animation style was so much more pronounced and the colors mm-hmm. seemed really weird and really off. And I don't know if because the screen was so big or maybe it's the, it's the, it was the frames per second or maybe they toned it down for like the, the home release. I don't know what it was, but I feel like in theater it was very, it was like a thing. Things looked different and I'm, I'm glad they toned it down because it, it turned out so wonderful. Yeah. That is a movie I can watch five times a day if I wanted to. It's good so man. good. I feel like he could have been such a good live action movie too. That story was so good. Yeah, I'm happy it was animated and not live action because a lot of that I don't think it would not come off well yeah. live action. <sighs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things they did that you can't do. I don't think that you can do in live action. They embraced the fact that it was, and it much even more so in the in the second movie. movie that yeah, I while I do like the second movie, I don't like it as nearly as much as the first. But it's yeah. it would still be. Like it's still an amazing movie, but yeah, the first just has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Corey, what's your next one? All right. Uh, this should be no surprise. Absolutely no surprise. I'm willing to bet you could have laid money down that this was going to be on my list. Batman versus Superman, Donna justice. Ooh. I'm going to leave just a moment of silence. Well, wait for that movie. Wait, wait, because wait, wait. one, the Snyderverse is dead. Wait, but two, I think that is, one of the best representations of Batman and Superman ever. Henry Cavill. Wait. It needs to be the extended version, Corey. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, don't <laughs> you the, the dare, sir. Bad. How bad. dare you even think that I watched the theatrical I just, versions of I this. just wanted to clarify. If you're just in the want- Snyderverse, it's extended cuts or nothing. Don't you? That's like deep tracks man no you you i'm disgusted by that comment well no yeah it is absolutely the warehouse scene and i'm gonna tell you right now here's the thing here's my take on that (laughs) ben affleck as batman that warehouse scene forever (laughs) there it is no if anybody's watching this i'm telling you that movie the warehouse scene finally put a batman on there that is worthy to be feared he did not technically kill anybody in that warehouse scene no. They blew themselves up. They shot themselves. He used those gun things to disable all the guns. Finally, we had a Batman who was so sneaky they didn't even know where he was. He went above them. He dropped those magnet things on their guns. He had his gadgets. He had the grappling hook that he yanked a crate across the room. So it, Okay, it that guy of, that got hit by a crate, he's yeah, definitely dead. 
And so you finally get a Batman uh, yeah, that's worthy of that Batman mount- of mantle that's Batman. I mean, you think of Batman. He is supposed to be feared. He's supposed to be all these things. The Dark Knight, you know, the the and it's a gritty and it's he's not going to walk around and be feared in Gotham, the worst city of all superhero movies ever, right? The worst Gotham. He's not going to walk around and be feared in there if he's like a nice little guy who, you know, just doesn't put away bad guys, right? So he's got to put him. I mean, so I think this movie was great. I think him and Cavill together. Cavill is so brooding over him. Uh, their fight is great, you know. And 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 I know there's people that don't like things, and they're and I agree that you know you can't have everything that's a comic book be made into a movie. But I think this this set up a tremendous universe somewhere where they got more of the Snyderverse and it set the mantle for all movies from 2020 to 2030, the next decade of movies. I just wish I was on that parallel universe that, that had the Snyderverse as, as what Marvel did from the tens to the twenties. I think it's a perfect movie. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Perfection. Okay. We've taken it too far. That is a good movie, but I'm not, I'm not giving it perfect movie stamp. I, I will say this. I think that it has aged very well, and I mm-hmm. think it will continue to age well. Oh yeah, it, it, for what it is, I think that it's. I know a lot of people have trouble with the characterization of of both of the main characters. Uh, a lot of them just saw the theatrical cut and didn't bother to, to dig any deeper, or for whatever reason, didn't enjoy um, any asp- any number of the aspects of that film. But I think that over time, that thing will continue to mature and that people will be able to look at that in, in, in some of the same ways that like we just have like Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is just that and it works just as that. It doesn't have to be more. It doesn't have to be part of a th- yeah. you know, 30 movie series. It can just that I think that movie works pretty well on its own. And I think some of the themes that it explores are timeless. And I think I just I think that movie will just continue. And can to we just say grow. Gal Gadot Wonder Woman's intro is so the good. best theme intro moment intro mm-hmm. of I mean, the way they drop her in there to save those two guys, and it's pretty great. I mean, you get I, I get that music, and I just get chills. I mean, oh, I get chills. Right I think I think it was a it was a casting superstar in the Snyderverse. Uh, not everybody, but uh, you know, I think I think they had they had it set up. Um, I didn't like Lex Luthor, that guy. I think they could have gone a different direction. He did good, but I didn't think he was great. And Joker is definitely not my favorite Joker, but. Uh, that movie, that movie was a great addition to that universe. Absolutely great. I to kind of piggyback off you, Corey. Yeah, I, th- I think Batman is like the absolute star of that. I think of of all the depictions of Batman, that's probably the best one we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. And we we made the joke last week during Aquaman that all we have to do is is talk about the Batman warehouse scene. And it summons Corey because Corey is always <laughs> he's always there to hey. say best Batman scene ever. And I don't disagree. It's fantastic. They tried to do it with Michael Keaton in The Flash. They tried to give him a warehouse scene. They even did it in a missile silo. But it was pretty cool. It was great. It was great. But no Batman movie ever did that. No, no, no Batman no. movie ever did it. And then and the way he fills out that suit too, like Ben Affleck yes. in the suit just looks Looks fantastic. And I'll tell you this, that suit looks so good. The gadgets look so good. The fighting looks so good. You take Ben Affleck out and you put a different actor in, in the exact same type of scenario where he's that gritty, that tough. 
Yeah. I'll love that actor too. It does and not. It, it, it's, it's not it's just sad ben Affleck. We never got a solo. We never got oh. a solo. Yeah, movie. that's just so so wrong. Kind of, kind of. Again, sorry. I'm gonna keep picking backing off people. Craig, kind of what you said. I think, I think part of the that movie's problem was one, the theatrical release was terrible, and two, it was so overhyped because I think they were trying to compete with Civil War. Uh, yeah, and it just like Civil War at the time. I think more people preferred that movie over over Batman vs Superman. So I feel like the further away we get from the marketing hype and the comparisons mm-hmm. to Civil War, it's it's going to get better. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to that. Okay, my next one is Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yep, I picked Classic the Star Wars Craig. movie. That was hard yep. to pick, just one Star Wars movie. But I, I love this movie, always have. I mean, I was the exact right age for when this came out. It came out in 1983. I was in first grade, and I had seen the other movies before it came out and I just I just loved it and I still do it's still my favorite uh I had a conversation with a student today asking me which which Star Wars movie was my favorite Return of the Jedi and mainly because of uh the end with with Luke and Vader and the Emperor and that showdown and the of Anakin's redemption and just it ties up everything beautifully and ends the Star Wars saga the way it should have and it did not need anything after that and it was an impossible task to try and follow that in my opinion. I don't think that they mm. succeeded. Not at all. So that movie is incredible. What it represents. I do say I don't go into seven, eight, nine, but I go into the Mandalorian and that scene with Luke fits him. So good. Fits him. So good. Did you like that scene? Yeah. Oh, I, I do. But I think, I mean, that's, there, the it's Jedi master Luke. It's different aspects of of Luke's personality because I mean that's that my favorite moment of Star Wars is in that movie too, where where Luke throws away the lightsaber and chooses nonviolence as well. And because mm. it's such a, I mean that movie. That's another thing that the, the movie's amazing. It because the the main villain of the previous two and a half movies is redeemed at the end. Like, yeah, that never happens. It's not like you know you get to the end of. You know, Endgame and Thanos is like, you know what, guys? My bad. I'm sorry. How can I fix this? Like, that doesn't happen. Nobody saw that coming. Vader's redeemed. Kills Palpatine. Palpatine. He has to die, though. You can't. Yeah. I'm going to be the curmudgeon here. And um, he killed killed children with a lightsaber. I don't know if you can get redeemed. (laughs) We did not know that that at that time. (laughs) But we know that now. Hey, Force Ghost says differently. Force, hey, the Force said you're all good. You're all good now. That's true. You got a no, force ghost. There's no Listen, grudges. I took a vote with the children over here on the force <laughs> side. We said it's fine. We're okay he, with he it. He destroyed the Sith and brought balance to the force. Yeah, I, I just I love fits, that movie. It fits good. Well, and then it makes you realize that one, two, three, one through six are all basically a story of Anakin's arc, yep. not Luke's. Yep. Rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker and then redemption. Yep. The, I like I like that it's Return of the Jedi, not Revenge of the Jedi. I agree with Luke, Lucas on that. He did that. Changed the yep. title. Which Craig, could mean you... multiple things. It could mean the return of Anakin Skywalker, as well as the oh, return of Luke, or the return see? of the Jedi Order. It means multiple things. Return of the Jedi. Return of Anakin back to yeah. the side. There was mm. a YA novelization I read a while, while back of Return of the Jedi, and they that was like the last line of the movie, and they said something about that. I mean, the Force Ghost. It was like oh. the return of Anakin Skywalker, the return of the Jedi. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh, 
That's a nice twist. I never saw it that way. Before. I like that better. I, that sounds great. Justin, you were going to um, say something. No, how, so how do you feel about if, if at the end of episode six, he throws away his lightsaber and he's a pacifist, and then in Mandalorian, he, you know, he wrecks those droids coming yeah. in, clearly not as pacifist. How, how do you feel about that? So I think that's a, that's a great question, first off. I think that we see him with his lightsaber again at the end of Return of the Jedi. So I think that it's, it's very specific to that moment, that he knew in that moment that killing Vader or killing Palpatine was not going to solve the problem. That he, because he had gone, he had gone with the sole purpose of trying to redeem his father. He was planning to die. He figured that most gotcha. of that was, was going to happen. I think that it was really just taking out those two guys was not, I guess, don't just show up there and kill these guys and that's how it's going to be. Because, he, because to do that, he was going to have to tap into the dark side, which he, he brushes the edge of. Yeah. So, so in, the, in the instance of <laughs> that situation, he's choosing the pacifist mask or role, yeah. maybe not mask. Uh, but that may not be like his core belief. That's what you're saying. Right. And I, I think that that fits because I've heard a lot of people that complain about that moment versus, you know, the last Jedi thing with, with Ben Solo. And it's like, I don't think that's a one, it's not a one and done thing. It's not like I am not from now on, I'm a pacifist. I think it's in that moment. This is how I, this is how I defeat the dark side. This is how oh, I resist temptation. This is how I redeem my father. He's not gotcha. a perfect guy. He's going to screw up after that, which he clearly does. Um, but it's also not like I'm giving up on, you know, violence at all. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I love that scene in Mandalorian. So, you know. Yeah. But I, 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 don't, I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. And I, I think that's a, a great question. My students ask some questions. I still watch that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Justin, what's your next one? Oh, see, now I got to like choose my favorites here. Um, I'm going to go with, and I, oh, see, I've already done enough weird ones. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Blade Runner. Yes. I'm going to go with Blade Runner. One of my Thank favorites. You, and I'm so very sad that um, I missed that episode because that was my pick for an episode. And I missed it. <laughs> um, no, I just, I think that movie is like the genesis of so much of our current sci-fi. Like you, you can see a lot of our current sci-fi roots come from that movie. Uh, it's got Harrison Ford in it. It's it's gritty, it's dark, like most 80s movies, which is why I love 80s movies. Um, and I really like movies that you like, like uh, you, you, you think about it afterwards. It's not just like, oh, that was a good movie, and then you never think about it again. Blade Runner sticks in your head. And it, especially with like a, a lot of AI stuff coming out right now, like I keep seeing like a lot of parallels to Blade Runner and, or, or just the theories that you can endlessly discuss online about whether or not, um, Harrison Ford's character is a replicant replicant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just stuff like that. Uh, just beautifully done movie. I personally like the version with the voiceover. I know to some Ooh. people that is sacrilege. But I like the extra information, but the other version is also acceptable. I did not know that, Justin. I'm well, you all, like I'm the fi- version I'm, with the voice? I'm final cut all the way, so. Hmm. Uh, I, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do like it. It makes it feel more like a, like a crime detective film. Yes. As Harrison Ford is like explaining his point of view. I know a lot of it is like. You want the director to show it to you. You want the scenes to show it to you. You don't need the voiceover. But 
I, I like I like the vibe it gives. But that's the version I saw first too, so maybe that plays into it. Previously, I trashed that movie because I didn't like it. Sure However, did. I agree with your comment that it gets stuck in your head, and I have thought about this movie multiple times at random <laughs> times. Good. I'm like, Doc, got it. This movie's back in my head. And I, I tell you, I like movies I can pull wisdom from. And yep. Rutger Hauer's speech at the end about all the memories of things he's seen are just going to fade away like tears in the rain mm-hmm. is a profound, absolutely profound quote that has stuck with me because it's, you think about all the people you ever know that, you know, that lived and died and mm-hmm. the memories and things that they saw that we had no idea of that have just faded away yeah. into tears in the rain. So that has stuck with me massively to be an incredible, incredible quote, incredible line. I think about that a lot. I mean, um, I'm I'm a history teacher, so I think about that a lot when we get to our Civil War unit every single year, and you see these pictures of, uh, you know, Civil War soldiers, just you know, the the battalion lined up or or the company lined up or whatever it may be, and most of them are probably unnamed. Most of them we probably don't even know where they were born, how old they were, you know, any of their life experiences. But like those people lived full lives and to think yeah. that they're just, they're gone. And like, we don't know anything about them. We don't know what impact, if any, they had on the world. And I don't know. I, I, I think about that line a lot too, Corey. It's like, what, what am I doing? Like when I die, what is my purpose? What, what has been lost? What, what has been, what has been lost? What did I, what did I accomplish? Hopefully something. Yeah. Ooh, that's goodness. powerful. I mean, that is profound. It's it's almost the kind of comment. See, and that's why this movie pops up in my head all the time. It's kind of that profoundness of stuff to keep you up at night. Like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing things down. I'm not telling stories. I'm not sharing things. Mm-hmm. You know like, what I mean? Like, at, at what point is my great, great, great grandson going to, like, look at a picture of me? I think this is about Coco, too. I don't know how we're, we're linking Blade Runner and Coco. <laughs> but, like, no, at sure, what point is someone going to look at a picture of me and be like, who's that guy? Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Corey, like I said when we when we did that the movie for the show, like I didn't like it the first couple times I watched mm-hmm. it. I just didn't. And then later on, I saw the final cut, and it was like, okay, now this this hit me where it's mm-hmm. supposed to. And so, not saying that that's going to be your experience as, as well, but like I, it's a movie I think that has layers that sometimes connect and sometimes don't. And it's got a fantastic legacy sequel, which doesn't always happen to some movies. That's very true. Great film. Yeah. It's probably not in my top five, but it's it's good. It's good movie. Corey, what's your next one? All right. I am going to dig into a different genre than any that we've mentioned here. And I'm going to go with Joe Pesci classic, Robert De Niro, Casino. It is oh. my guilty pleasure movie. If it's on, I will watch it. I, I It's one of those movies that gets played quite a bit. It's kind of a Shawshank Redemption gets played or a Casino gets played. If I see the title Casino on there, I guarantee you I'm going to sit and watch a few minutes of it somewhere. And I know exactly what part of the movie. I don't know why. It is a horrible movie. <laughs> horrible language. It's rough. It's gross. It's it's filthy. Like, But it's one of those movies where I watch and it's just a life so different anything we've experienced and i look and i watch that movie and i'm just like oh my gosh the corruption the waste the the spending and and it's an entire underbelly world that's existing at the same time as the world that i live in is going on so that if you go to vegas you know 
I think of this movie. I think of all the things like, oh, the Teamsters <laughs> built that. Oh, I bet you there's bodies out there. You know, you can't help but watch this movie and think of that. Like, it's just a staple movie for anywhere in Nevada. You go to, you watch, it's a Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro casino movie. And uh, his line at the end where we had a good thing going. You know, it just, and they just squandered it and it, but it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. The rise and fall of everything they've done. Uh, it's it's a good movie. I have it in there that I if it's on, I got to watch it. It's very different than anything on my list. I've, I've never, never seen, seen that movie, it. and yeah. I've never heard of that movie. But I've, I've you, heard of it. You've never seen Casino. I've never seen it either, Corey. I've just added it. To oh my! Now. See now, it's kind of like the same. A lot of the guys that are in the movie Goodfellas. Have you seen Goodfellas? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it is this Scorsese too? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it would have to be. I mean, and it's it it is an incredible the rock and roll soundtrack in it. It's got all the famous people that you could think of in there. Actual famous people who were in Vegas at that time, like they're in it. Um, it's it's got incredible Sharon Stone is in it. Um, oh, Don Rickles, I love that guy. I mean, everybody famous <laughs> yeah. is in it. And so you, but it's different than the Goodfellas. I felt like Goodfellas was so focused on uh, the gangster life, but the drugs really got in there. And that's based more on a true story. Um, But Goodfellas has a different feel. It feels dirtier to me. Casino, I feel like, is a lot of truth about what, you know, this, this underbelly mob lifestyle that had to have existed in Vegas and stuff that, they're just at odds with each other. Mark, uh, and and there's a scene in there where Joe Pesci goes out into the desert to confront uh, Robert De Niro, and it is an incredible scene. It's just it makes the whole movie. It's it's great. I I'm a little surprised that you guys hadn't seen that one. All right, Corey, I'll watch it. You convinced me, but you cannot watch it with anybody around you. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you the language flying off this movie. Uh, is yeah, that's definitely <laughs> good, not good a family flick. Hey, yeah, okay. Corey said this is a great family flick. No, this is a terrible movie. This is <laughs> it is it's gritty, it's dirty, it's it's uh, but it, I don't know what it is. It's one of those movies. It's like uh, I don't even know how to describe that. What's a movie that you look and you're like, this is just one of those side movies that is very out of character, but I love it. I'm finding a lot of these movies aren't necessarily like critically acclaimed movies, but a lot of them are just like. I love it because I love it. Like, yeah. it's just awesome. It's just it's just part of you. You saw Which it at the, the right question. time in your life. How do you how do you pick a list like this? Or for yeah. anybody who's listening, how do you pick? This would be a great Facebook post. How do you go about picking a top five movie? I mean, yeah. do you decide on a series, a genre, an actor. I mean, go with your gut, Corey. You go with your gut. Craig, cheers. Okay, Bring us home. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. Uh, Raiders: The Lost Ark. 1981. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, perfect. The movie. greatest adventure movie of all time. Yeah, uh, last Pro- last movie was a John Williams movie. movie. This one's a John Williams movie. The next one's a John Williams movie too. Yeah, mm. Harrison Ford's perfect in, in this movie. Just George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and John Williams made a movie together. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Like at the top of their game, all of them. It's it's just we just we we just did this one for the show, so I don't have a ton more to say about it, but. I just love it. It's just so good. And I could literally just stop it and then start it again repeatedly. Just watch it on a loop. Yep. Yeah. It's just endlessly 
entertaining and it just i mentioned this when we did when we did the episode it moves so quickly it's under two hours which is remarkable how much mm-hmm. how they fit everything in there and like make it feel developed is beyond me yeah yeah karen allen's amazing in this movie it just john reese davies just yeah paul freeman as as belloc just it's so good i love him yeah just fantastic great movie perfect movie in my opinion yeah, love it. Good stuff. I think between that one and The Last Crusade, those two are perfect movies. I Temple of Doom was a little scary for me because I watched that as a kid, freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think Temple of Doom they good, got but... away from like the Nazi, like like Indiana Jones and Nazis. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Don't get don't yeah. give me like some weird, you know, human sacrifice religion stuff. I want Nazis. Yeah, all the background on on the formation of temple of doom is actually pretty fascinating but yeah it was it wasn't a lot of ways they were trying to get away from what made raiders successful with getting away from the nazis and you know both lucas and spielberg going through divorce at the same time and i mean it's it's a darker movie because of you know the other stuff darker time i i I think the whole indiana Indiana jones team up the whole series has been great yeah i i agree justin what are you saying who do you want want to team up of Oh, I want a Rocketeer Indiana Jones team up film. I mean, that, that, that fits together. <laughs> that's that's I what mean, I want. They're there's Star Wars time. DNA in that too. I mean, you've got Joe Johnson who obviously worked on Star Wars films, and I mean that's one of the big reasons he got Captain America too, is because he had made a period piece set mm-hmm. in the 40s. Yeah, that's I think that that's Alan Silvestri on the score for that one too. As a kid, it was it was like we owned Indiana Jones and Star Wars movies, and I watched those constantly. And in my mind, Harrison Ford was the greatest human being of all time because, like, he was in both of those franchises. And I'm like, other actors don't matter. It's Harrison Ford all the way. But that's I don't. I don't think you could ever replace pick. him. I think when he dies, Indiana Jones better be dead. Don't try and do an offshoot of the universe or anything. He no. has to. That's that's kind of my opinion on a Star Wars story solo. Like that, that was a great movie. I would have liked it more if it wasn't Harrison Ford because I don't. Or sorry, if it wasn't um, yeah. Han Solo, if it was Harrison Ford. Well, no, because he's super old. But yeah, they could de-age him. Uh, no, real quick, my weird. apologies to James Horner who did the music for the Rocketeer. That was not oh. Al Sylvester. He's another, and he is certainly listening. I'm sure he was offended. Well, you know, I try to get my facts straight. <laughs> uh, who's next, Justin? Justin, your your last one. All right, my last one. I knew from the beginning this was my favorite because it's always been my favorite movie, and I will die with this as my favorite movie. And I doubt either of you have seen it, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. All right. 1968, Dick Van Dyke, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Absolutely. You've seen it. Have you seen it, Corey? It's it's been years, but I've seen it. On Saturdays when I was a kid, probably, I saw it. It was on. It's it's got everything. It's got action, (laughs) suspense. It's got it's a it's a musical. Got a flying got, car, right? It's got a flying car. That's that wouldn't even be on my top ten favorite things about this movie. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, his Dick character, Dyke. he he plays a fellow named Caraticus Potts, Ooh. which I love the name Caraticus so much. That's my gamer tag for the longest time was Caraticus. I have a D and D character right now named Caraticus. Oh, and he plays like this zany inventor. Who, as a kid, like he has a bunch of what are those machines called? Like Rue Goldberg machines. Rue yeah. Goldberg. Like his house yeah. is just like Goldberg. full of these like machines that, as a kid, you could like watch them work, and you just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And 
um it it so much of it just like takes place in like a fantasy land as uh dick van dyke karatex pots tells a story to like these children and it's so real and they feel like they've lived it and by the end of it they all like question like oh did that really happen or didn't it was it all a dream you know uh craig loves that mm-hmm. conundrum yeah. that's good stuff um oh it is mm, it is just so good a lot of like quotable lines from that movie there's this one guy called the child snatcher which i remember my mom would quote often in a jovial way but now that i'm thinking about it it's kind of creepy um anyway if you have not seen chitty chitty bang bang and you happen to be a casual fan of dick van dyke you should you should watch (laughs) chitty chitty bang bang this is quite the list we've gone from classic movies 80s movies Casino, the roughest movie that you could possibly put out there to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I mean, Fantastic. we've covered it all. Yeah. We've covered it all. Starting to get to know Justin a little bit now. That was, I just want to say that is, uh, that pick came from deep within my soul. I don't just share that with anybody. Yeah. So you, you should won't tell anybody. Special. We, okay. Ooh, good thing this isn't recorded. <laughs> Corey, what's your next one? What's your last one? Your my last one. one. My last one. Okay, I'm going to go with this. Now, here's why. Uh, there's This is a two-parter, but I'm going with the first one because I think this is the one that changes the dynamics of all superhero movies, and that's Infinity War. Because you, you take Endgame. Endgame's great. Endgame we knew was coming. The hero's got to win. The hero's got to come back. Infinity War finally took a dark villain and made a movie where the villain is the hero of the story. And but what I mean by that is the movie isn't about the Avengers and everybody trying to fight Thanos. The movie is just the rise of Thanos and the victory. And at the end of every movie where your hero or your main character is going to win the final battle and Thanos wins the final battle of Endgame, of uh, Infinity War. And I think I think that was a brilliance. That's a gamble because you've taken the bad guy and made him the the main character. It's not it's not none of the Avengers guys I felt like were the main character of Infinity War. It's Thanos. It's Thanos's movie, it's Thanos's battle and it's Thanos's victory at the end. And so really what we have is a movie where the villain is the hero of the story. It's the hero's journey in a bad way. Like what's, what's the reverse of that, Craig, the hero's journey. It's the villain's journey, but it's not a typical villain journey. He's doing everything the heroes do throughout this, the premise of the story, rising to the occasion. Like he's doing all that. He has a call, a supernatural call and you know, his whole planet suffered and died. And he's, he's everything he did. He had a justification for. So you establish his character as he's not just bad to be bad and I want power. He's he's got a he's got a reason for why he's the villain. So I think it's a great movie for that. I think it's a thinking movie when you get in the realm of I'm gonna step back and not focus on my heroes, I'm gonna focus on my villain, and he's the hero of that story. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. And and Corey, I would would also echo with <clears throat> what you said that I think it's a better movie than Endgame. I think Endgame has to kind of pay off some things and wrap up, wrap up loose ends, but I think that Infinity War is a much more powerful film. Yeah. I also think that, and I said this about about BVS, but I'll say I say it about this movie too that I think this movie actually will age really well. Yeah. Um, partly because I remember watching this movie 
and knowing that they'd already announced another Spider-Man movie and they'd already announced another Black Panther movie and they'd already announced this movie and they'd already announced this movie. So when you see characters die, you're like, yeah, but he's going to be back in like two months in the theater. Yeah. Why did I care about that? I don't care about that. So when you watch this in isolation, we've talked about this with some other films too, outside of you know expectations, outside of social media, watch this in 10 years. And like, if you were to show this to a kid 10 years from now, you're like going through the MCU or what have you, and they don't know what's coming legitimately, I think it would be a lot more powerful. Well, I also think the casual viewer watching that in theaters, like, like we're kind of that's, surrounded by, we are by, not we, the casual viewer. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. That's, that's what true. I'm saying. It's like, we're surrounded by, by cinephiles and that's a word, Corey. Don't look at me like that. Uh, look, I didn't it. know what that word was. I was like, that Cine- got it. Whoa. Cinephile, lover of cinema. Okay. That's yeah. us. Okay. Yeah. And our listeners. Anyway, um, the average viewer is not going to be aware that they've, you know, announced other films that these dead characters are going to be starring in. So I, I feel like for the average viewer, they were like, holy crap. Like these people all just died. Well, and and there was something to this movie, and I don't even know if it would hit the same if you were just going through the MCU with someone, if you didn't at the because when you watched all these characters die and Spider Man dying, and then you got up and walked out of the theater and you knew you were going to wait, I don't know, months to get a year to get it the was next a year. one. Yeah, it was a year. Like mm-hmm. you knew, oh my gosh, this is where it's off. That's brutal. That was a brutal emotion having to wait to yeah. see. Oh, the next chapter. And I, you knew Spider-Man was coming out. You knew Cap, you know, you knew all that. But to see this moment and go and that eerie music of him winning at the end and it was it was amazing. It was yeah. the whole piece together. There you there's a couple movies that like throughout my life I feel like cannot be viewed the same like if I were to share it with a younger yep. generation. And Infinity War is one of those. Like you you almost have to like be there during the hype to enjoy it. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel that way really strongly too about, and you're going to hate me for this, Craig, Star Wars Episode Seven, like the hype around yeah, that and the hype after I don't after hate you episode, for that. I think that's a legitimate, that's a great like, point. Like I loved Episode Seven for the same reason, because it was so wonderful and we were all so excited and then it kind of let us down. But after Episode Seven, the Star Wars fandom ooh, was a beautiful time. Yeah, yeah I, I would even say like the period from October 2012 to December 2015 was like the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. yeah, like before the Force Awakens came out, mm-hmm. because of, I mean, it was just so exciting that this was happening. I, d- I think I liked it after Episode Seven because of all the theories people had and all the little things like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Oh, guess what? It means nothing. None of it means anything. <laughs> None of it had off. a payoff. They're not paying off that stuff. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that movie's aged very well. No, but yeah, I, I think I, that- I get really sad when I watch it. <sighs> okay. This next Great. movie make this next movie makes me happy, and this yeah, was thanks. one I I think one of our best episodes, if not our best episode we've ever done. Superman the movie, nineteen seventy eight, yes. John Williams score, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, Richard Perfect. Donner. Yeah, another Richard Donner movie. That was the first episode, or first movie we all did together. Just fantastic movie, a perfect movie. I was the perfect age when it came out. I was a little kid. This would be on our TV. We talked about this at length with Dan Zare. I still love it. And Didn't I know that movie there's... just make you feel so hopeful and oh, yeah. it made you, you left that movie feeling good. Yeah. This is what I'm really, really hope. And I know James Gunn is a big fan of this movie and I 
I mean, there's no way that Superman Legacy can live up to this, but I hope and pray that it can at least approach what this movie was. Because it's still, you're right, Corey, because even like that helicopter scene where he saves her, I'm getting chills right now. Every time I watch that, it's like, it's It's just such a, (laughs) so good. Every time the music swells. Oh my gosh. Just, uh, that's probably, in in my opinion, that's John Williams' best score, even better than Star Wars. Whoa. And, and the, so there's good. some extended scenes in there, yes? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, there's multiple versions of that film, too. Yes. Yeah. And it, you know. Marlon Brando, I was, come on. I love Cavill. Love him to death. Yep. More than Justin loves Ryan Reynolds. But I will Whoa. tell you this. Wow. Well, I will tell you this. Henry Cavill's Superman, you watch it and you leave it. It is, there. there's a broodiness and a darkness and a, a grittiness to it. You don't get that with Superman the movie. With no. Christopher Reeve movie, you you're hopeful and you're in love and it's 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 swaying and happy the entire time even as he's, you know, he's going through all the stuff. And uh it's good. It's good. It's it's I don't even know how to describe that, Craig. I think that's a dynamite pick. It's a it's a different feeling for all the superhero movies we watch now. Superman in that doesn't have as much of a character arc as Henry Cavill does. Not I'm not and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying mm-hmm. like he is it's the different. rock of that film. That's why yeah. you have that hope is because he is just a good person and you can count on him throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw a, the, just a video just the other day describing like what he's doing in the scene where he's about to tell Lois where you see the transformation from him Clark into into Superman and then back just by standing oh. up, taking off his glasses and pitches his voice down and it's just like the guy's compl- so underrated as an actor, too. That performance, yeah. he really is playing two different characters. Yeah. Uh, which is another thing. I'm like, and I love Henry Cavill, too. He doesn't do that. That's just not what they did. And that's, it's yeah, apples and oranges. It's a different thing. But I think yeah. that portrayal of Christopher Reeve is, is so good. And I think that's probably why Man of Steel tried to go, they, Zack Snyder and company tried to go away from that. Because you can't do that. I mean, they did that with Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's yep. very much what they were aping. Which and I love that movie too, but um, trying to get away from that, I, I can see why you would do that. But yeah, Superman the movie that's that's my top five. That's mm. that's my number one of my top five. Mm. So guys, um, we have just a couple more minutes left, and I wanted to give you guys an opportunity just to rapid fire if you have a handful of honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut. They were right need there. to explain why, but just bam, 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 bam. I'm going to throw one out, Ian Desher, just for you, because this movie, I remember renting it as a kid, Mel Gibson's Hamlet movie. Absolutely oh. loved it. And it is straight Shakespeare, absolutely from the world of Shakespeare. I mean, it is quotable. So I fell in love with that movie uh, in high school. Nice. Uh, okay, I'm going to go Captain America Winter Soldier, because I feel like I needed an oh. MCU film on there. Mm-hmm. That Best is my MCU favorite movie MCU. still. Yep. That's my. That's on my list. Uh, I'm just gonna shoot through mine really fast. I have Man of Steel on my honorable mentions. I really Ooh. wanted to put it on my top five, but I, I just couldn't. I mean, the first time I saw that in the theater, I walked out and I didn't know if I felt hopeful, but I was just I was charged up. I was like, "This is great. This is fantastic." A lot of people don't like that film, and I just do not get it. I don't yeah. get it either. I don't see it yeah. even a little bit. Yeah, my one after after that is The Dark Knight, which mm. I think is. Mm-hmm. That if I was top six, that would probably be on my list. And best Joker I put ever. those two together because yes, 
I put this together. I felt the same way walking out of Man of Steel as I did walking out of Dark Knight. And I yep. can't explain it. It's just yep. a visceral reaction. I just felt that way. I also had the Winter Soldier. Again, I'm going to say that's the best MCU movie. Still, yeah. it's, it's perfect. Uh, I also had Tombstone. I um, had that too on my Tombstone. honorable list. And oh. Jaws. Jaws is Ooh, my last Jaws. one. Oh, you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, it's so good. You're going to need Any a bigger other- podcast. <laughs> Any other movies that didn't Yes. Get- I got to throw out there Night oh, yeah. and Day with Tom Cruise. James Mangold. Heavily underrated really? comedy role of Tom Fun Cruise movie. in his spy role. I mean, it's it, absolutely. You might call it a spoof that, movie. It's so good. Is that Cameron Diaz? Yep. Yes. Uh, I, go. I see that movie on streaming often, and I always watch I, it. Watch I'm like, fun. oh, that's got to suck. I didn't know that was a good no. movie. Okay. It's fun. Uh, Matrix. I have. Uh, uh, that's I'm a good choice. I've got Sherlock Holmes with. With uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Great <laughs> Iron Man. Unbearable weight of massive talent. I love movies where they make fun of themselves. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. How can you have you. a top five movie and not throw Nicholas Cage in there? And where's uh, your Paddington Quig- too? Come on, Quigley Down Under. I'm going to throw that out there. Quigley Alan Down Rickman, Under. With Alan Rickman. Yeah, and uh, Real Bravo. Loved that movie as a kid with my grandpa John Wayne. Uh, the Magnificent Seven remake. I think mm. is incredible. Anything with Denzel's incredible. That's- and then here we go. My last one that I got to throw out there because I love it so much. They live with uh, Roddy <laughs> Rowdy Piper, the legend. What'd you come, Corey, what'd you come here to do? I just came here to chew bubblegum and kick. <laughs> you know, all out of- hey, <laughs> you know, what is this, a casino podcast? I can't say that word. <laughs> I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. This is for children, Corey. <laughs> Justin, you have any others you didn't get to talk about? Oh boy, do I! All right, Gladiator. Good no pick. comment. Oh, this is fantastic. Got We got to do that for the show. Mm. Uh, Logan might yeah. be my favorite superhero movie, but that's a tough one. Mystery Men. I'm surprised no oh. one here said oh, that. that. Mystery yeah, Men. That. <laughs> Not I enough like beer in the one. world. Um, Interstellar, which might be oh, my favorite like that movie. Christopher yeah. Nolan movie. I had that up there. Love that movie. Um, this one I added to the list while we were talking about legacy sequels, Independence Day, because speaking of legacy sequels, that was terrible. Stop oh, it. Oh, it was. Independence Day is fantastic, though. I love that I love movie. Independence Day. I remember that, that for I, the show. I remember seeing it in the theaters. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, yeah, I never... No, I, that I, was another I watched, one, the hype, Justin, before that movie came out in the theater. That was another one. It was. I, I watched it on VHS and I, I thought I wasn't supposed to and I thought I was doing something like my mom wouldn't want me to. But anyway, she was fine with it later, it turned out. <laughs> I borrowed that from my uncle too, like 25 years ago. I should probably give that back to him. Um. Anyway, uh, Independence Day Maverick with... Yeah, um, love it. What's his face? Yeah. Tom Mel Cruise. Gibson. Mel Gibson, <laughs> there we go. Tom Cruise. Not Hopkins, Maverick. Oh, the other one. Okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maverick. Mel Gibson, uh, we, James Garner, Jodie Foster. That would be more... We need more westerns. Why don't? Why isn't that a, a genre that comes back? It's a, it's a, yeah, it might. I want more westerns. Too. I Good. love westerns. Smart movie. Um, this is a controversial one, but Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. With oh, that's a Foster. good film. Dude, Alan Rickman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. And every time I do, uh, when when we used to do duty at school, every time I did door duty, I would uh, no blades, no bows, leave your weapons here. Like, ah, uh, no as blades, kid, no bows. As the too. kids walk in, you know, they they didn't get it, but I thought it was funny. I like that. Um, Tombstone is also on my list. Yeah, perfect. I think one. we all had that one. Yep. Uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm. Need to see that. And again. then, uh, it's it wasn't as good the second time. Yeah, uh, the first time it was amazing. The second time, I'm like, oh, this is kind of slow. It's but not a so, movie you can pop in and watch over and over. Yeah, I do. That's why it's honorable mention, not top five. And then uh, Patriot. 
Mel Gibson oh, again. Love, oh, I love it. Gosh, damn, yeah. Mel Gibson mm-hmm. in so many. Yeah. The Patriots, Jason Isaacs. beautiful. Oh, good villain Jason in that one. Jason Isaacs in that movie. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good film. We, we, yep. John Williams did the score for that. God. Did he? Yes. That guy, That's one of the best man. parts of that movie. Yeah, John, yeah. It's, it's I the think guys between that made him it, and Hans Zimmer, like, what are we going to do without him? No, it's the guys that made Independence Day made that movie. Really? It's Dean Devlin. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then he just made that movie. Heath Ledger's in that, too. Come on. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson. You, he is, he's actually recognizable R-A-P. as Heath Ledger in that one, whereas uh, Batman, not so much. Yeah. He was like mm-hmm. the next big thing right before he was the next big thing. Yep. All right, guys. Final thoughts on top five movies. We kind of talked about this at length, about how hard it was to do. We'd love to hear from our listeners, like what you guys think. What are your some? Yeah, we need to open this up them? to Facebook. I do. I, I agree with that. I think you. what would people look and say? That would be my question for people, for viewers, is like. What in the world do you look and start with when you pick a top five? You're going to whittle something down. Are you picking a genre? Are you picking an actor? Are you picking a director? Are you picking a trilogy, a series? How do you whittle it down to one movie of a of something and say, that's my favorite? What's your criteria? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my final thought. I think it just like listing all these off. I'm just... I got goosebumps throughout this episode so much because I love movies. They're so yeah. great. I love how they yep. can just like elicit emotion and, and create thought. And like we were talking about tears in the rain with Blade Runner and they can, they can be deep and they can shape your worldview in a way that few things can, but these were, these were all great movies. I'm, I'm honored to talk about movies with you guys. Cause that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, like Corey said though, I would like to hear more. Um, on Facebook, let's let's hear what some viewers think. Yeah, listeners, so, not viewers. Well, we might have some viewers. We have, we have a YouTube channel, so yes. we have a few viewers. I am aware of the YouTube's. True. So, yeah, guys. On on that note, we just want to say thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on X and Facebook. Email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail or you can use the Speakpipe app on our website and leave a voicemail. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast catcher. And our next episode will be a review of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Send us an email or voicemail about your favorite moments from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and we'll share it on the next episode. 